0: Coaches, how are you? This is Coach Kevin Furtado from the Championship Vision Podcast. This is Episode 97. Uh, What I'm going to do today is uh, I'm going to start part of our uh, K-5 Physical Education Podcast. Um, I'm going to do a series of podcasts with some of the best PE teachers around the country. Today we're um, interviewing Coach Bart Jones. Uh, Bart's been uh, teaching for 17 years. Um, He is currently the... Elementary PE teacher at Van Meter Elementary School in Iowa. Um, he's he's just an unbelievable coach. Uh, he was the 2015 Iowa Elementary Physical Ed- Education Teacher of the Year, um, 2015 Iowa Aper Grant Award winner. Um, this guy is an unbelievable um, presenter at conferences. Great elementary teacher. Matter of fact, all his. Uh, social media outlets on YouTube and Twitter. Uh, That's where I steal all my information. There's some great PE teachers out there. Ben Perrello, JD Hughes, you know, Pete Charette. Uh, He's one of those great PE teachers that, uh, for us elementary teachers, we need to seek his advice, and that's what I'm going to do today. So you're very fortunate to hear one of the top PE teachers in the country. Um, coach Bart Jones. Let's welcome Bart to the podcast. Bart, how are you? Hey, Bart. Hey, coach.
1: Hey, Kevin. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Great. How about me? Yep, I got you.
0: Wow. Okay. Hey, I I appreciate you coming on, coach. I'm a big fan of yours. Uh, uh, I just love what you're doing in the social media and everything. And I I just want to pick your brain on how you can help us PE teachers out.
1: Well, that's a sure, sure. Nice thing for you uh, to say. And I will, I will do my best to pass on any, uh, any small bits of wisdom I might have.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I actually picked up more just by researching you. I, I found out some other great things that you are doing. And I got to give you some props because man, I stuff all the time. Matter of fact, uh today uh we did you know the old hula hoop flop today, uh hula hoop flip uh with my first graders. And actually I videotaped it, I'll probably send it to you, but I steal a lot of your games, my friend.
1: Well, hey, just so you know that once you join social media, it's kinda hard to remember the where the ideas come from. And honestly don't know if many of them are, are mine anymore, you know what I mean? <laughs> you know, with, with, with a tweak here and a tweak there. You know, there's there's so there's so much stuff out there. It's such a golden age for for educators to, to share, and the willingness of people to share is just great. And I'm glad I'm glad you found something that you could use.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I and um well, we're gonna talk about that. But tell us how um you have created this great passion because when I watch your classes, I can tell I you really love teaching elementary PE. It just it just kind of just. Um, I can sense it through your voice. Um, tell me how you got that love for elementary PE. I know you always haven't been, but tell us, uh, tell us, tell us how you got to this point.
1: All right. Well, I am a, let me start at a little bit earlier. I'm a third generation teacher on both sides of my family. Uh, both my folks were teachers. My sister is a teacher, grandparents on both sides, all teachers, had great teachers growing up. I grew up in a, in a small town in northwest Iowa. I grew up in a town of a thousand people. My high school was a hundred and twenty people. I <laughs> I graduated with thirty. Okay, to put that in perspective for some people out there who are listening, who graduate with hundreds, and they're like, "Oh, small, you know, small town, five thousand people." Well, they get a little bit smaller than that. Um. So, graduate, uh, was a four-sport athlete all throughout high school, you know, football, basketball, uh, did some golf, track, baseball, all throughout. Um, Then I uh, transitioned to uh, Iowa State University, uh, born and raised a cyclone, um, where my parents uh, attended and my sister attended and my mom's parents uh, attended. Um, uh, While there, I never... I never wavered in my desire to be a, a physical education teacher. I, I, I never changed majors. I just, I stayed the course. Uh, I picked up the, the health endorsement. If you are someone who is in college and listening and you have the opportunity, do not leave college without your health endorsement. Many times in the upper grades, you will not, at least in Iowa, they are connected because in the state of Iowa, you need, it's required to uh, teach health. Um, so you need an endorsement, you know, you need a certification for that. So if you have the opportunity, please get that. Um, graduated from Iowa State in 2003. Um, soon uh, got married right after graduation. Uh, moved to a uh, town in kind of north central Iowa. I, my first teaching job was at what's called the Rabner Treatment Center. It was a, it was a place where adolescent youth were court ordered there. Um, so they lived there on site where they got received treatment and they received um, schooling. So I uh, I taught there uh, for a year and coached at a local a local high school. I taught uh, six through twelve PE there. Uh, moved down to the Des Moines area. Couldn't find a job. Found a, um, an in school suspension and special ed um, associate teacher job at a middle school in the northern Des Moines area, and then I ended up. Um, going out to Van Meter where I currently am because the principal where I was at with the um, middle school job actually went out there. So I was able to get uh, the secondary PE job at Van Meter. Uh, Fifteen years later, I'm still at Van Meter. Um, I started at the secondary level uh, teaching seven through 12 PE and health. I did that for about four uh, to five years. Uh, then I had um, the opportunity to switch um to elementary, then um, I and I, you know, and I made the switch. We had uh, we have two in the district at the time, so I switched from secondary to uh, elementary, and I've been doing um, elementary now. Let's see, for about what is that? No, eight, eight, nine years at some capacity. I've been full time K K six elementary. I've been K five elementary. Uh, now I'm actually K5 elementary and um, some middle school also. So I do K- I do actually do pre-K through 8 uh, currently. Now I see half the elementary and I see half the middle school, and another PE teacher in our district sees the other half of the elementary and the other half of the middle school. Um, we're very fortunate we have daily PE K12 in our district. Um, we're a, we're a, sorry I'll, I'll I'll try to wrap it up here. I know I'm kind of rambling on quite a bit.
0: Ah, not a, not not at all. Go ahead, go ahead, Barb. Um,
1: so we're a smaller district, just uh, west of Des Moines in Central Iowa. Uh, we have about a little over nine hundred kids, K through twelve. We're a K through twelve campus. We're all in one building. Um, unlike you, who has to share the gym with the middle school and the elementary and the high school, uh, we were lucky enough to build um, a new gym. So we have two two gyms on our campus and our our previous original gym from our original 1928 uh, building was now was converted into our performing arts center. So we have two two very nice two very nice gyms that we use for K twelve uh, physical education. Um, I do. I just I love feeding off the the energy of the elementary kids. They want they want to be there. That they come in and they they can't almost contain their excitement to move. <laughs> And that, I mean, that, that is ideal for us as a teacher. I mean, very seldomly, I I guess I don't have kids who don't want to participate in the, you know, in the elementary level, they come in and they're, they're excited. And it's a matter of channeling that energy, you know, in kind of in in, in a proper way. Um, So I just, I just feed off of, I just feed off of them. You know, I mean, you're, you go... You mentioned in a previous interview, you go in the lunchroom and everybody smiles and waves and they say your name, you walk down the hall and you get, you get four hugs, you know, how, <laughs> how can you have a bad day when you get, when you get a hug or you have a, a first grader tell you that I had a first grader today tell me that, that she loves me, you know, I mean, how, how can you not like that? So, so I'm glad that my enthusiasm and my excitement comes through in, in some of the videos that I do.
0: Yeah, and I can just, you know, I hear it now. I I I see all your videos and I steal a lot of guys. There's some great guy, Justin Cahill, a lot a lot of great elementary PE teachers out there. Do you find it that I don't know if the best teachers are in the elementary or when they get to the middle school, it's not as important. What what's 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 it like in Iowa? I know out here it's still important, but it's um It's not as passionate at the, at the middle school or high school level.
1: Well, I can only, um, you know, obviously speak to, speak to those that I, those that I know And, and the ones that I'm most, you know, connected with are the ones who are, who are on social media, who are willing to share things, to put their, you know, put their stuff, put their stuff out there, um. We just recently passed um, legislation which gave us state, state's PE standards. We're the last state in the nation that have adopted PE standards. We took the Shape America standards as, a, as our own and the, and the GLOs. Um, so now we can say we have state standards. At Iowa, we kind of like to buck the trend and kind of do our own thing a little bit. Um, I don't know if it's necessarily less important. Less important, but maybe, maybe some at the middle school and the secondary, maybe they don't feel like sharing maybe as much as elementary as elementary do. Since we're so we're so skill based at the elementary, I think it's really, you know, it's really re- kind of really refined. And it's 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 a there's so many ways I guess to skin a cat, so to speak, to try to get those skills out to the kids. Um, to be really creative about it, and I don't know if maybe at times maybe that creativity goes away, or you're just less willing to share, you know, as as at the secondary level. I don't yeah. The question, I guess, but
0: yeah, yeah, I, I it it's, it is a, it is a tough question, and um, one of my good friends, Dave Senecal, uh, out here in Georgia, is one of the best middle school teachers, and he's got the personality for it. You know, it's very. It's really getting kids to be um, uh, more socially appropriate. I guess you know it's it's just a different mode than what we do at the elementary because the kids come in, man, they're ready to go, aren't they?
1: Yes, yes, they're 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 ready yeah. to go. I start the lesson off with a with a walk and talk, and they can barely walk because they want to run and they can <laughs> you know the, you know it's like yeah. about, you know trying to at times trying to rein in that that energy, which is great, which is a great problem to have.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I know you mentioned Ben Perrello, and I had been on my podcast, and among others, give me some of your mentors, man, because I, I know I have a bunch of guys that I just – man, I steal stuff all the time. Who are the guys that you kind of pick the brain of? Um, the,
1: the people that I um, – probably my, my, my go-to guys, I have, I have some few that are, are, that are here in uh, central Iowa – um, that 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 I go to, that are that are that are really good about sharing things and about having good uh, creative lessons. Uh, Mike Graham in Illinois is one that I yeah. uh, follow quite a bit. Um, ben Perillo, you know, an, an, an Iowa guy who's now down in Texas. Unfortunately, um, he's good. Um, Kevin Tiller, I take I've taken quite a bit of things uh, from him out on the East Coast. Um, I'm starting to use some of, some of Randy Spring things out of uh out of minnesota joe mccarthy um out of uh up by the minneapolis area is another one that i that i that i lean on or that i that i bounce ideas um off of uh mike bonahan out of kansas uh he wrote uh the book um no we're not playing dodgeball in class or something very similar to that um so he wrote he so he's a good uh mentor and a good uh resource to throw out there uh i find myself you know leaning heavily on elementary teachers so to speak maybe more than uh middle school since i've kind of gotten back in the middle school for the last couple years but i just listened to your uh your podcast um there with with dave today and i mean he'd be a great resource to reach out to you know i need to reach out just more um obviously some more uh, middle school middle school teachers but there's quite a few Um, You know, Joey Fife is one that I that I listen to out there. Um, uh, Sarah G.H. out of uh, St. Louis, Um, Seth Martin out of uh, Salt Lake City. Uh, You know, the beauty of social media is we've made I've made connections um, with people all over. I uh, made a connection with Andy Hare out of uh, Australia this last spring because I made um, some cricket equipment for our middle school PE program because I didn't have any money to make it and he was nice enough to you know to share some equipment with me just yeah to, you know just 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 to send it just to see you know what what somebody else is doing you know so I mean it seems, it seems like anything anything that you know we, we reach out and we ask for people are willing to share and there's I know there's so many names that I'm that I'm leaving off and I, and I apologize if there's you know people that I go to that I don't mention so I don't obviously mean disrespect uh, oh,
0: not, not at all. I mean, um, and this is the age of social. I mean, particularly like you said, for PE teachers, man, there's so much great stuff out there. How do you know, let's talk about your philosophy. And I know I have mine and how I do my class protocol and management. What does a great class look for Bart Jones when kids walk in? Give us kind of a little bit of an idea of that.
1: All right, so so kids walk in and they immediately look uh, to the screen on my stage. I always start the class with a walk and talk, and the topic is sometimes related to a, a previous day's lesson, a simple question. It could be a joke of the day, or it could be something as unique or simple as your favorite kind of pizza, or what is your favorite type of cookie, just to get something to get them talking. You know, talking with their, with their peers, maybe some peers that they haven't they interacted with uh, throughout that. Um, once they come in, um, just so you know, I have 20 minute, 25 minute lessons, 25 minute classes. Just so you know, um, I have single uh, or one and a half to double classes at a time. So I have half the grade. So that's anywhere from 30 to 40 kids at a time. Um, A great lesson would there be a walk and talk. They'd be engaged in the walk and talk topic. And after about a minute, uh, my slideshow uh, changes. I make a a slideshow at a keynote and I project that every day. That's kind of like my lesson plan helps keep me on, helps keep me on track. Um, And it's all run with a clicker and it's time. So as soon as, as soon as the slide changes, music starts. So I use music all the time. That is my go-to start and stop signal. I've never used a whistle in my 17 years of education that's one thing that they talked to us about uh at at our time at iowa state then was what can you do besides a whistle you know to get kids attention so i am all about music so as soon as the music starts um they start moving in a a locomotor way and there's a there's a gif on the screen that gives them a, a, a you know an example to look at if they don't remember how to skip or don't remember how to shuffle Um, Then that is that goes for 45 seconds. And then the timer that the the slide changes to uh, where they go to their team, team spots. Some people call them squads. I call them team spots. Ours are color coded like the rainbow, red, orange, yellow, green, um, blue, purple. Then I uh, go over the learning target of the day. Some people call them objectives at our school. We call them learning targets. And ours have to start with I can. We call them our, our, our I, I can statements. Um, we, we are supposed to post them and uh, make sure the kids are aware of them. So if an administrator or somebody came in and said, hey, what are you working on today? What are you learning? The kids are supposed to be able to articulate back to them what they are learning. It doesn't have to be verbatim, word for word, but they should know what they are working on for the day. Um, once I give uh, the learning targets, um, it might be into a, a, a skill-based activity um, or it might be like today we're kind of rounding off the end of our hand striking uh, unit uh, or, first, or first round through hand striking. We've done it for two weeks. Um, so then it might be more activity-based, whereas previous lessons were more a skill-based type thing and then so today we did some uh, hand volleyball or some uh, beach ball volleyball with the younger kids and we played some uh, nitro ball uh, with the older kids um, so today was a little more activity based um, trying to get them as as working on their striking as, as fast as I could uh, once I got the learning target set, uh, the group set and them spread out um, and usually at the end after the lesson we would Wrote like today, they would rotate. They played multiple, uh, multiple, multiple teams, multiple, um, multiple groups. You know, kid, my ideal lesson would be kids Kids are on task, kids are engaged, kids are working on their, their striking with their single hand, double hand, they're working on hitting it upward, forward, they're working on strategy. Where do I hit it? You know, those that can really masterfully hit it, they have control of it. Now, where am I? Where am I putting it based on the location of the of the opponent? If, you know, if if we get to that point, going to kind of wrap up the lesson, um, go over the learning target. and, you know, kind of review a little, quick uh, assessment question and answer. We line up. Um, we give uh, what are called uh, positive slips. We're a PBIS school, positive behavior intervention strategies. Um, so this is a school wide system. We have three. Uh, expectations of be respectful, be responsible, and be safe. So I've taken those and I've broken those down to make it PE uh, specific. I award one of those per class. And then the students, uh, I give them an overview of what's going on the next day. Maybe ask them a quick closing question. And then they would leave the class and do a uh, self-evaluation. So I have four uh, emoji faces on the wall. Um, Got this I got the terms kind of taken from Joy fights, um, four level, uh, progression. Um, I use a uh, beginning, uh, close, got it. And, um, wow, I think is my top one. So then they would just like for today, you know, rate yourself. How well do you think you struck struck the, the beach ball or the volleyball upward and forward or, you know, over the net or to a, t- to a teammate. And then when they exit, they would just simply touch, um, Touch the face, and then I might give them a fist bump uh, or an elbow bump, and then I would always um, end and tell and say adios to them, and uh, and a manana, I throw in a little smidge of Spanish in there because we have daily Spanish um, in our elementary, also, so I'd try to do a little cross curricular in there, just a small bit, just to try to get this a little more exposure to them. Sure. So, so I guess that's kind of maybe what a you know what you know kind of a basic you know basic lesson would look like
0: yeah i love that and i have well, we um, we go nine weeks for our elementary which uh and we go every day 55 minutes um so i have i don't know i if i can do it i, I admire that 20 minutes boy you better be on task right coach yes yep
1: yep <laughs> yes trans transitions um routines procedures something that i go over in the first 2 weeks 2 weeks of school um, in the past I, I thought i had you know decent classroom management um, but until i kind of really bought in bought into the telling them the why the the, the repeating staying consistent keeping everything you know fairly consistent it, it is it is taking the time at the beginning of the year to really lay the foundation you know pays dividend in my opinion pays dividends you know down the road so the kids know what to do where to look where to go what are the expectations you know obviously reteaching has to has to occur and things like that but yeah i try to i ideally want transitions to be very quick and very short but you and i both know how certain things you know might come or up and come arise and some might be a little bit longer yeah. yeah, I tried to stress to them that we don't have a lot of time together. I mean, it's great that I get to see them every day, but I just want to maximize that time that we have together. So, yeah, transitions are important.
0: Yeah, I, I think you got to have that structure. Um, I just call it class management, and that is um, – I love that. And, and tell me what you think, kind of kind of sharing ideas here. Um, what we do is, you know, we were a 55-minute class. Right when they come in, the teacher brings them in. We have a, um, you know, we have a line right right there, right, right in front. We call that the commitment line. And as they come in, then we go into our walk, jog for two minutes with the music. Like you said, we start and stop everything with music. Um, and then we come in, and then my assistant does a great job. We have our word of the day, and we go over every day our, um, our standards, and our expectations every day, and it gets boring for us. But the kids, we do that every day, and we find that the kids really you can't you can't assume kids remember that, right? I mean, you got to go over that every day very quickly. Um, but then we go right into our we we do we play a lot of tag games and and we go into a fitness activity. Uh, we use a lot of AMRAP type activities and so forth. Then we go to our skill work, then our main uh, activity, then we close it down with our student of the day. So, and that is basically every day we have that structure and the kids
1: actually know it better. Sorry, are you still there? Coach? Yeah, you still there?
0: Yes, did you hear that?
1: Uh, the last thing I heard was you do it uh, every day. The kids, I, I think you're saying, happen to know it maybe better than you guys. <laughs>
0: well, actually, they, they um, you know, when we miss, you know, sometimes if we miss a certain process or a procedure, they know it better than us. Yes. Uh, but I, just like you're saying on that, and I, and I, I know you don't want to hear me, but I love how you structure your class. And I think for the teachers listening, you gotta have that structure, particularly at the elementary level, uh as well right
1: yes I, 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 I yes, I mean they in my opinion, they need to know you know what they're supposed to do um like like we said I mean, like you mentioned they they should remember from day to day, but you and I both know that what's said one day isn't always remembered the next day, so like so yes the, the structure something for them to fall back on that kind of, I think increases their, their comfort level and allows them to maybe let down the guard a little bit, maybe try something new, maybe challenge them, themselves a little bit more if they know that, okay, this is what we do. You know, I can feel comfortable in that. Um, this is what's coming next, but yeah, no, I think, uh, yes, being very, you know, structured and it is, is a great thing in, in, in my mind.
0: Yes, and and I, I want to talk about your lessons because I love the names of your lessons. I love that. You know, you have the Angry Birds, Star Wars, um, just on different types of, you know, aliens, you know, aliens versus – I think it's aliens versus monsters, I think it yes. is. But um, I love those, and I use all those. But I, I think it's important to have those, those games ha- uh, the kids can identify with them, right?
1: Yeah, I, cer- I certainly uh think so because it comes it, I think it comes to to rec- recognition. I mean, we you know, we hear a name of something and we immediately, you know, we we recognize it and that might you know cause, you know, a feeling of, you know to 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 come up inside whether, you know, regard so I think that um yeah, any name that I can put to something um th- they might have had it last year and like if I mention a name, hey, we're doing this like oh I did that last year or hey are we going to do this this year that maybe we had done in the past based on on the name I think um, yeah any any names that you can use um, the monsters versus aliens just just throwing that out there was not my original idea it was taken from uh, Ben Perillo out of Texas so I want to make sure I try to give as many uh, as many props as many props as I can and honestly sometimes it's hard to come up with a unique. A unique name you know i mean we want to be as creative as possible and sometimes just calling a spade a spade is sometimes uh you know just as just as good and i think weaving you know pop culture into into your class whether it's with current music or whether it's uh you know a target with the angry birds back when the you know the angry birds was big or with with star wars i know some teachers have whole themes in their in their gym, like Kevin Tiller is huge on. Uh, he used to do S- Star Wars and then space, and now he's on an arcade, an arcade theme. Um, I think anything that gets the kids' attention gets them ex- excited. Um, if you, you know, listen to a, a speech person, they would probably call that the hook. You know, something that, that that gets that 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 grabs their attention, something that they can they can remember. You know, and you know, same thing with like a song. You might remember a melody, you might remember something there, but that hook is kind of in india and get you get you excited about it.
0: Yeah. And don't you think this I think this is underrated, Bart, is the coach's enthusiasm. You can't fake that. And I hate to say it, there is it I think a part of part of teaching, there's an entertainment value. You have to entertain and have fun with the
1: kids, don't you think? Yes, yes, I do. Yes, you're kind of entertaining, you know, putting on putting on a show. So I, I mean, I, I read a book. Um, oh, shoot. Uh, Teach like a pirate Dave Burgess. <laughs> you know, I mean, if, if you've heard of that book, if you have read that book, you know, the whole beginning of it talks about, you know, what he does to start off the year and how much creativity goes into it to try to get, you know, the attention and the kids can I mean, the t- kids the, the kids can feed off it. You're excited about something. They get excited about something. You're dragging about it. They're not going to be dragging about it. It might be a little more, a little more off task. You know, I mean, the goofier you are, the, the more laughter you get out of the kids and the more engagement and the chances are they might, uh, you know, they might remember it. So, I mean, last, last year I, I someone had left a, a headband with a unicorn horn on it in the gym. My daughter has uh, the same kind of headband. So I took it in the lunchroom because I knew it was a kindergartner's and I happened to just put it on my head, you know, just to be silly. For sure. And I walk in that, in that lunchroom and you would have thought that it was like the funniest thing since life, you know, the funniest thing <laughs> I've ever seen. Mr. Jones has a headband on and it's got a unicorn horn and he's acting silly. I mean, like, that's, that was the best, you know, just, yeah. I mean, exactly right. If you, you, You need to bring enthusiasm because that, I think, will help the lesson go a little more more smooth.
0: Yeah, and I think that's true in anything, Bart. I think at the middle school, high school level, I I think it's – you can't fake that. Even as coaches, you know, kids can can read you pretty well. So I think that's, that's a valuable tool. Hey, what have you learned from others? What is some great advice that you have learned from other people, whether that's a teacher, administrator, and so forth, to make you better?
1: oh some, some some things that i've been um been been talked about um since we i guess invest a lot of time into our into our craft you know we we get out what we what we put in some, sometimes i um i might take things um a little too personal you know try to focus on the uh the misbehavior you know not the child or you know the person's not trying to do it to get you you know try to take yourself out of it a little bit um i sometimes i struggle with that because because you know i put on the time i made this lesson darn it and uh i want it to be the best that it can be um so taking myself out of you know removing myself from the situation a little bit when i'm you know when dealing with Uh, certain things. Um, You know, it's a be okay to fail, take a risk. You know, if a lesson goes bad, that's okay. You know, think about, okay, what can you change, you know, next time? Um, I have two kindergarten classes back to back to start off my day. Um, I kind of use the first one, you know, as kind of a kind of a litmus test to see how how the, the lesson design was and if it doesn't work. No, that's okay. And then the next class, I make some changes, and they don't know. You know, they don't know any different. Um, never. I mean, as an educator, never stop. Never stop learning. Sure. Um, yeah. Back back when I was a, a special ed teacher associate, I couldn't find a PE job. I was in school suspension supervisor at a middle school, so I was in the in school suspension room. Uh, you know, quite a bit, unfortunately. And I obviously had tons of time to think and reflect. And I thought to myself, hey, I want to be the best PE teacher I can be, you know, and I'm, and I'm, am I there? No. Will I ever get there? You know, I don't know, but I'm hoping to get better a little bit each year, you know, try to get a little bit better, you know, change something here and there. Don't completely throw out, you know, the baby with the bathwater, you know, try to find something that maybe didn't go very well and make that change for the next year. You know, if it went well, you know, keep it going. But if it didn't, you know, be open to the change and look for ways and reach out to people that that can help you.
0: Yeah, I love that. Just a constant learner. I mean, um, I mean that, that to me is vital to success and so forth. And all the great coaches and teachers that I, I speak with, they're all great learners like yourself. And tell me about your program belief, and I think it's confidence, confidence, participation and enjoyment those are four key areas
1: yes yeah those are kind of the four um, areas around there you know I mean if you're um, if you're competent in something like for I think you know if we're good at something the chances are we're gonna we're gonna do it more like for example I take a, a tennis class at Iowa State in college Man, was I terrible. I don't know how I passed the class because <laughs> I did not grow up in a town of a thousand people playing tennis. We didn't have tennis courts. We didn't have racket sports, you know, so I never had a tennis racket in my hand. You know, so trying to serve a tennis ball, trying to, you know, I could play table tennis and stuff like that, but get me on a big tennis court. That's a little, you know, that's a little bit different. So my, my competence was low. You know, so my confidence wasn't there because I didn't have the skills, you know, that I, that, you know, compared to maybe somebody else who went to a larger school who had tennis, you know, in their PE program or, or they were on the tennis team, you know, growing up. Um So once I'm, once I'm, once, I mean, once you're confident, once you're confident and stuff and you're confident, then you're going to enjoy yourself. And if you enjoy yourself, you're going to want to, you're going to want to do it more. You know, I love the game. Of, of golf and once you don't have to be obviously a, a pga pro to enjoy golf but you've got to be able to hit the ball otherwise it's it's not worth you know not <laughs> worth worth your time i mean it's a lot nice. of frustration a lot of perseverance to take some decent some competence to be able to hit that ball closer to the hole each time you know and walk after it you know and then hit it in that little four inch cup here hopefully at the end and um i just want my students to to leave my classroom with some, some competence. If they don't already have it, they might come into class with some level of competence in something and whatever we're doing. And I'm hoping that I can build upon that or add to it or lay a foundation that will get them to want to be confident, to try to try it outside of, outside of school, be it in a club team or in their backyard or when their friends ask them to come over or they go to a birthday party Mm -hmm. and they, they try something, you know, they try, they, they, they try something new there, you know, just, just to give them a little, a little seed to try to get them to do it outside of class. Cause I think ultimately that's what we want. We want lifelong physical activity. And if we're not, you know, if we're not good at it, then I have a hard time believing that you're going to want to do it on your own.
0: Yeah, I absolutely love that. And I want you to give me um, some feedback on certain things and, and, you mentioned, uh, I, I'll just say in that confidence realm, I have my, my PE classes cater more towards the non-skilled rather than the highly skilled kids, because I want to get those kids more confidence where they can come up to the kids that have skill. I'll give you an example. Uh, today, I have one girl that um, is, is basically motor skill delayed. Um, and I had another kid actually one on one working with her without us telling her that, and really helping her with the catching and throwing skills. I think that's vitally important in our PE classes.
1: Yes, I would, I would, I would totally agree because because uh, uh, chances of those that come to our class, you see your kids once correct me if I'm wrong I believe once a week for 50 minutes for nine weeks correct no day every day every day yes every day for 50 minutes for nine weeks (coughs) excuse me um and then I know there's obviously some teachers that see them once a week and I'm fortunate like you and I get to see them every day but I see them you know throughout the year so we so we don't know what they're exposed to you know outside of our outside of our realm outside of our our domain and for some, we might be the only exposure that they have to that skill or that activity. Whereas others might be on a, a traveling team or a club team, you know. And those that are, um, like that the girl you mentioned who would be delayed and was was partnered up with someone who was, you know, more more gifted in that in that skill. Yes, and, you know the kind of the the learning uh, pyramid. From what I referenced, I don't remember who created the learning pyramid, but I believe. The upper level of the learning pyramid is teaching someone else the skill or the or the knowledge. So that student was taking what they already knew, and thus um, helping her to increase her skill and hopefully imp- increase her confidence, which will hopefully increase her her participation. And no, I, I I've I've heard from other uh, other teachers that we, you know, instead of focusing on the athlete who is who is maybe Coming in, try to, you know, try to extend the lesson to challenge them, but really, you know, at times try to focus on maybe the lower half who don't have the opportunity to participate in that activity that maybe like some other, some other kids do.
0: Yeah, I I totally agree with that. I I think the, the really good athletes um, are going to get that extra work by playing those sports. Um, and I think we owe it to those kids that um, are not going to get that opportunity. So I, I totally agree with that. Also, how do you adapt? Let's say I know in your classes, they're just like mine. You have kids that are highly skilled. How do you get those kids that are highly skilled to help others in your class? Show that humility. How do you do that? I know your games are great and I know they it's, not, it's a lot of teamwork involved. How do you do that?
1: Well I think one um one strategy I do is every as a lot of times I I don't let them um pick groups. Sometimes I do. Um sometimes I don't let them pick groups cuz we know they're all kind of all going to pick pick their buddies. Sure. And then, unfortunately some kids are are left to be I didn't get picked. You know, <laughs> and that just breaks my heart cuz yeah. I I don't want any kid to be, to be left out. And then, so then I, I pick groups, I use uh, the class dojo app and there's a group maker function on that. Um, a lot of people use class dojo, you know, for the point value, the rewarding of the positive behavior and sharing videos and sharing pictures. Um, there's a feature on there where you can use, or it can make groups. So I use that app to help make my teams. Um, and I try to try to distribute um here and there in terms of skill and ability but a lot of times when it comes down to it at the elementary level there's not a a huge i guess in my in my in some of my class there's not a huge range in terms of of skill at times sometimes there are in some skills but some of the more you know more traditional sports like soccer or basketball or things that elementary kids might do outside of of the school day that that skill range might be a little bit bigger, but then when it comes down to the, you know, the more non-traditional activities that, that, that challenges those, those upper level kids a little bit more to try and, you know, develop that skill along with the, the lower level skill, you know, so trying to group um, up kids up, you know, as much as I can try to make the groups as wide um, variety as i can knowing that uh you know okay this group is really a high skill level how can i sprinkle that that throughout the the other groups to try to maybe uh bring them up possibly or just try to try to add that in there uh, maybe as a motivational factor or uh, example factor to try to bring up the success of the group um so those are a couple strategies that i use
0: yeah i i I love that coach and i tell you what i love is your games are set up for everybody to be involved. Uh, monsters versus aliens. Um, I actually love your. I actually love your table ball. I'm really studying that. Tell me about table ball. I love that activity. I was looking at it today. Um, are you still using that?
1: Uh, yeah, I actually just used it uh, this last week with my second and third graders, and I also had it as an option um, for my middle schoolers. Um, working on our we just got done with our hand um, hand striking also Um, yeah I actually got the idea or the activity from uh, Joe McCarthy out of uh, Minnesota and um, once you see it you're like man why didn't I think of that that is so simple and so easy yet it can be it can be adapted to Two tables like I've done with two tables together. You could put I put spaces in between the tables, I put them like the letter T. You can use a wide variety of, of balls to strike. I know some use volleyballs, some use soccer balls. I have like mini little uh, rubber volleyballs, the kind that get thrown into a crowd. I really like those. They're basically like a spike ball, only they're white. Um, also have some mini volleyballs too. You know, this the, the simplicity of, of that activity. And you can take that home. Like sometimes um, when my kids were a little bit younger, it's rainy outside and we had a little table at home. In our kitchen, we had linoleum. So we'd set up the table and I had a spike ball and we would play table ball at home, um, you know, to try to get some physical activity when the weather wasn't good. Um, Yeah, no, I just I just think it's a it's a great uh, simplistic activity dealing with obviously it's, it's simple in its structure and its setup. Yet it's great for the hand-eye coordination, reaction time, you know, balance, you know, the bilateral, you know, coordination, working on both side, both hemispheres of the brain, utilizing both, you know, each hand, dominant hand, non-dominant hand, strategy, where do I hit it, how do I make my opponent move as much as I can, you know, things like that. Um, it's just, it's just one of those, one of those great ones that, that is a staple in my program.
0: Yeah and it's online so if the listeners want to go get it you have it on YouTube but give us some basic rules of that so if I want to I'm not going to set it up tomorrow but I'm looking to do it later give me some keys to some basic rules so the listeners can kind of get an idea of how to play it
1: All right so we have a like an 8 foot rectangular you know banquet table set up you can use any kind of table people have set up mats um, you could use a circular table, whatever you have, if you have a, you know, a rectangular desk. So you would stand, let's see, I, you would stand on one end of the table. I would stand on the other end of the table. We would be facing each other. Let's say you have, you have the ball. So you are the server. You ask if I'm ready. And when I indicate to you that I am, you are going to roll the ball across the table. You're not going to roll it hard. You're just going to roll it nice, easy pace. I have to allow the ball to fall off the table, one bounce, and strike it back up onto the top of the table. I can use one hand. I can use two hands. We're doing it with palms up, so we're not using it like a volleyball passing type of of skill. This is truly a palm up kind kind of strike. And Once the ball gets onto the tabletop, it changes possession. So, so you are now watching where it's going to roll off. You're moving your body. You're anticipating it rolls off. It bounces once you simply hit it back up onto the table and that, and that changes possession back to me. And that repeats until it either bounces twice or one of our strikes missed the table. Um, And then if I have I can groups of three, the person who, you know, made the mistake, they would rotate out and the new person would rotate in uh, you can you can play with points if you want to. Uh, last week with my second and third graders, I don't I didn't play with points because I was more interested in their ability to strike versus a competitive situation. Um, so that's really the, the basics the basics of table ball. Um, you could have two tables together. You could have uh, four people, so you could each kind of guard a side of the table. Um, kinda kind of similar to a, a four square setup, possibly. Uh, but if you have an extra person, you know, kind of whoever, whoever makes the mistake kind of rotates out. And uh, I did it in groups of three. And if you were out, you were out maybe 10 to 15 seconds. So it's not like a long, it's not a long wait time. Obviously, sure. the more tables you have, the better, the better it is. Um, so it's just, it's just a very, a very simple, simple kind of game.
0: Yeah, I love that. Of course, yeah, I'm, just thinking, I'm thinking of, you know, kind of a modified, a modified ping pong type activity and so forth, kind of the same idea. Um, but I love that because it's so simple. You got to have the tables, though. That's the key. You got to have enough tables, and we don't right now. But I'm definitely going to look to get some more.
1: Yeah, that's that's kind of a vital piece of equipment when it, says, <laughs> when it says tables. And luckily, our my district is nice enough to let me use the ones that the school has. Ideally, would have, you know, PE-specific tables because i could use them for a wide variety of things but don't someday someday that's a dream to have you know have my own tables i guess
0: yeah but i just gotta tell you your activities are so great because i always see when i see all the kids participating that's a great class i'm just gonna tell you that that's my very humble opinion how do you deal with the kids that um, are not behaving, some behavior problems. We're all different in how we do it. I know you probably have a simplified system.
1: Yeah. Mine's, mine's essentially, um, kind of like a a three strike kind of policy and it would reset each day, you know? So we have our BX, be responsible, be respectful and be safe. Those are expectations that we go over every day, remind them of that with that daily reminder. Um, and if we have a, if I have a student who's not, um, it could be just a simple, you know, proximity thing. It could be a, you know, a hand nonverbal hand gesture, eye contact, something like that to get their attention. That hey, what you're doing, you know, isn't what you're supposed to be doing. Or it might be I have to talk to them and say this is this is your warning. Um, if it come if it, if it would continue uh, in the class, I would bring them over uh, by me away from their peers. We would have a one on one. Uh, conversation, you know, this is what I'm seeing. This is what I'm expecting. Um, I know, you know, I know, I know you can do it. I've seen it before. Um, let's try to, let's try to get uh, back on task, you know, ask them, you know, maybe there's a, a why behind it, you know, why are you choosing to do this? Um, and then remind them that if I see this again, or, you know, something that isn't safe or respectful, that we're going to be, you know, we're going to be sitting out the rest, the rest of class, and I'm going to be letting mom and dad know, Um, and very rarely does it get to that point. Um, it might be a warning. It might be, uh, you know, it might be a one-on-one conversation. Um, but I tell them up front that, you know, in 25 minutes, you should be able to be respectful, responsible, and safe. But obviously we know that sometimes, you know, bad choices, you know, poor choices get made and then, then there's consequences. And then we start fresh, start fresh the next day. You know, it's not brought up, it's not held over their head. It's you know it's a new day and we get a, we get a fresh start.
0: Yeah, I love the three strike system. We use the same thing, um, but don't you feel like teachers need to be immediate on that reinforcement? Right. I mean, you can't let something just drag on for one or two days. You gotta you gotta attack it right away, right?
1: Yes, I, I definitely I definitely would agree. You want to try to nip it. Nip it in the bud before a small issue might blow up into into something big, you know. Days later, or even with, or even later within that class period, too.
0: Yeah, absolutely, uh, Coach. My last question is: I know you're a busy guy, and so forth. Um, hey, tell me, um, tell me how. Give me some advice of a young teacher coming out, and what they, What's the first thing they need to do to kind of get their PE program, whether that's elementary or middle school off the ground and started, give them some advice.
1: Well, I think the first, um, bit of advice, advice, I guess, would be to create, create a a curriculum that you can, that you can fall back on. Like I spend my, I, I spend my, my summers creating my curriculum, my, my looping design, kind of what shape America recommends. Um, and then what, uh, grade level outcomes, kind of, you know, the whole backward design from uh, Terry, you know, Terry Drain and Joey Fife about unpacking the standards. What is your curriculum? What do you want it to look like? What do you want based on the Shape America standards, based on the GLOs, based on how often you see your kids realistically? What do you want to accomplish once you have your standards, once you have your grade level outcomes? Okay, how do you want to assess those? And then what do you want your lessons to look like? Um, Because I have my whole year in terms of overarching themes planned out before the year even starts. So I know, okay, this week I'm working on uh, hand striking. And I know that next week I am going to be, sorry, I'm looking at my plan right now, I'm going (laughs) to be uh, working on... Uh, rope jumping. And I know, and I've shared this on Twitter and I've shared this on like the PE Central uh, Facebook page, just my yearly plan. It just gives overarching things. So I would recommend uh, new teachers try to be as organized as you can go in with a plan because it makes things so much easier. Cause a lot of times when the newest thing pops up on social media, people are like, Oh, I'm going to do that tomorrow. Well, what did you have planned tomorrow? You know, can you just, you know, let's, let's, let's have a structure. Let's have a plan. Maybe that fits in, you know, in a unit later on, you know, versus just saying, hey, I'm going to do it tomorrow. So I would recommend trying to be as organized as possible. I'm, I'm just an organized kind of person. So that's what, that's what I would recommend. You know, look at your equipment uh, that you have. Look at your facilities. Know uh, kind of your limitations of what your program can provide. You know, look around, who can you access? Who do you have access to? You know, when I, you know, when we graduated, I mean, you're you're more experienced than I am. I mean, when we graduated college, I had my textbooks from college and I had the experiences I had going through PE growing up. And then like the PE Central website was kind of in its infancy a little bit. You know, it was fairly small then, but we didn't have the resources out there. So what can you do to add to your program, to build to your program um, you know, to add some validity to it to make it the best, you know, the best that you can um, and know that things, you know, Rome wasn't built in a day. So know that your your, your IDOP program isn't going to be built in your first year and you got to be and you got to be OK with that. But try to have a plan, try to have try to have some structure. Um, so I would my, my biggest thing would be try to be as organized as you can. So that way you're not scrambling in mid year. Oh, well, I, I, what do I, what what haven't I incorporated? What do I need to do? What have I already covered? You know, kind of thing, kind of things like that. So that would be my biggest thing. Um, Classroom management. How is your classroom set up? How are your transitions? How are you going to handle misbehavior? What is your school policy on say about, you know, discipline, things like that. Be as prepared As you can, because the more prepared you are, then the the kids are going to be put at ease a little bit and they're going to maybe not to try to try to push the limits a little bit.
0: Yeah, I love that. I mean, that preparation and planning organization is vital. And I, I want to add something to that, Bart. I think people should call or go visit Bart Jones at your van meter and just say, don't you think we got to do more of that? If I want to be a great PE teacher, I need to watch and study great PE teachers, right? I,
1: I agree. I'm, 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 I'm in that boat. Uh, two years ago, I was able to go observe uh, two uh, PT, two exemplary P teachers. I feel that were local uh, to me. And, um, and I was allowed to do it um, during, during like a half day uh, PD thing for a couple hours. I wasn't allowed to go for a whole day. I know some people, are allowed that i mean all under the sun we would love to be able to to travel but unfortunately at times we have some limitations to our you know to our within our district constraints but that's the i think that's the beauty of you know the, of connectivity and how and how connected we are that if it's not feasible that i can't go to georgia and see dave or i can't go to you know um texas and see uh, ben perillo teach but I can see some of his ideas through social media or I can connect with him on Twitter or Voxer or or email or something like something like that. I agree I wish we could travel and see all the best people in you know in, in, in our profession hundred percent I'm with you there um, Maybe someday we'll figure out how we can make that work
0: <laughs> exactly yeah you got to see him in their environment. I think the, the clinics and everything are great. Uh, The presentations are great. I want to see somebody in live mode with their kids every day. And that's something that I think is vitally important. Hey, Bart, thank you so much, man, for sharing. I really appreciate it. I learned so much from this podcast, but also from all your great activities.
1: Hey, yeah, no, no problem. Glad, glad to be, uh, glad, glad to be asked. Very honored uh, to be asked. Thank you for that. Um, Certainly nice to know that some things that are getting put out are you know, or, are, are, are getting used by, by some other people. Cause I know that I have certainly taken from others. So it's good to know that, you know, what I have putting out is, is, is enjoyed by other people too. And other students from other parts of, of the country. So yeah, no, feel free to, to contact me anytime.
0: All right, coach. Thank you so much. I wish you, I uh, wish you the best and uh, stay in contact. I know I'll keep watching your videos and stealing all your great activities, but thanks again for coming on.
1: Hey, you bet. You, you do the same.
0: All right. Thanks, Coach.
1: All right. Thanks, man.
0: All right. All
1: right. Bye now. All
0: right. Bye. Hey, Coach. This is Brad Shutter calling from Plymouth, Wisconsin. I um, want to thank you for doing the podcast. I've learned a lot from it. Um, I am an elementary FIED teacher and a girls basketball coach. So we have a lot in common. I like the fact that you
1: um, do a mix of both the FIED teachers and the coaches as well. Um, Keep up the great work. um, And once again, appreciate um, all you do to grow the game. Thanks.